0: This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 205. Comic Reviews for the week of Wednesday, September the 24th. Welcome to Comic Shenanigans. This is episode 25... sorry, 25. It's episode 205. Holy shit. Uh, I'm your host, Adam Chapman. This is our Comic Reviews episode for the week of Wednesday, September the 24th. Uh, Every week we look at uh, the comics that came out in the previous week and do uh, quick capsule reviews uh, of those comics. This week I think we're looking at about 15 or so books, a little bit less than last week, which was kind of massive. Um... Quick reviews this week. Uh, this will be episode will be going out late Tuesday, probably early Wednesday. Uh, so basically new comics will be coming out. It's now October, but uh, we're going to talk about the last week of September 1st in terms of the comics that were released. Um, so let's just jump right into it. The first book we've got this week is All New Ghost Rider, issue number 7. Um, it is written by Felipe Smith, artwork by Damon Scott, or sorry, I guess Damien Scott, and um, and this is what Legend Part Two. I'm still enjoying this book. Uh, the artistic style is a little exaggerated, but um, not as crazy as I think the first arc was. Uh, I like how the inner struggle of Ghost Rider is being portrayed. Is dealing with kind of uh, he's kind of named this demon, and he's dealing with this demon and trying to use the demon to use him uh, to help him with uh, you know these races to make money to pay for uh, stuff for his his brother, etc. Um, He finally kind of comes face-to-face with the original Ghost Rider at the very end of the issue. Um, A lot of crazy stuff kind of goes down. Uh, Interested to see how uh, Robbie's going to be kind of dealing with the demon inside. Um, I think it's still a a fairly good issue. Um, I like that the take on it is still feeling fresh and, and a little bit different and not just the same old Ghost Rider story. Uh, I'm excited to see what happens with this kind of uh clash of the two ghost riders, the old on the motorcycle and the new in the car. I'm going to give this this issue a seven. It was an interesting story. Uh, again, I'm, I'm more interested in what, seeing what's going to happen next, but also dealing with what's going on with Robbie and the demon kind of, uh, having, um, some issues with each other. Uh, next up is all new invaders. Number 10. This is written by James, uh, Robinson artwork by Steve Pugh. um, I like the flashbacks here to the Iron Cross, as we see how Namor is kind of responsible for uh, what the Iron Cross surviving. Um, in the current kind of era, we have the newer version of the Iron Cross uh, go, teaming up with the Invaders. They go up against uh, the threat from last issue. I felt like I missed something though when I read this. Like I just felt like it wasn't necessarily clear just what was going on and how. Last issue led into this. I like the characters here. I do like the the glimpses we see of um, uh, Union Jack, the Destroyer, and Spitfire at the very end. Uh, I just felt like the issue just felt like it was missing something. Like I, I felt like I felt as a reader that even though like I read last issue, I still felt a little bit lost, and I thought that maybe there's disconnect there. Uh, generally, still enjoyable. The artwork's still good. I'm gonna give it a six and a half out of ten because uh, there's nothing wrong with it. It just maybe wasn't as enjoyable as some of the previous issues of all New Invaders. Uh, next up is Amazing Spider-Man 1.5. Now, what's interesting is that actually when I think about it, I don't know if I've actually read all of these point issues uh, as part of the learning to crawl, but I did read this issue, which I think actually functions fairly well as a standalone in some ways. Written uh, by Dan Slott, artwork by Ramon Perez. So we have uh, Clash continuing kind of his, his reign. Uh, Peter kind of, dealing with things at school and with the idea of being Spider-Man, uh him and Aunt May have a really good conversation. Uh we see Spider-Man kind of start to use humor uh and he, as he takes on Clash and is able to unmask him and then Spider-Man kind of um decides that you know he's he's going to you know he's not just going to remember how Uncle Ben died. He's going to remember how he lived, and that he had a sense of humor. And he's going to integrate that into his tales as Spider-Man. It was definitely an uplifting story at the end, and uh, interesting. What's really interesting as well is there's a two-page spread which is really cool, and it has all the future things that happen in Spider-Man. But they are actually really depressing ones. Like the the narration is like, "It's my turn because from now on I'm going to be yours. You see, I'm going to give it my all. We'll we'll have fun. I'll never quit, and it's going to be amazing." And then, what do we see in the kind of the backdrop of the future things that will happen to Spider Man? Well, we see uh, Peter and Gwen together. That's happy. We see the Green Goblin. Not so happy. We see Spider Man being buried alive. Not happy at all. Uh, we see, um, you know, Spider Man under all the wreckage during the final chapter. Uh, not final chapter. Um, this be my de- let this be my destiny. Uh, the Master Planner Saga, which I mean is triumphant, but also not so great. We see Gwen dead in Spider-Man's arms. We see Venom with like blood on his hands as he's like beating up Spider-Man, and we uh, see George Stacy dying. So apparently, by amazing and exciting and fun, we are looking into horrible things that are going to happen to Spider-Man. Anyways, um, generally speaking, though, I did enjoy the issue. I think it was pretty strong. I think I've only read issues. I think 1.2, point two, one point. 1 and 1. 1.5 now um, and I feel like I don't necessarily have to go back it gave me a lot I felt like this felt like an old school comic that it gave me a concise kind of clear beginning and ending um, and some good middle even though technically speaking this is the last chapter of an overall arc in some ways it feels like it ends a little quickly but you know, it's a it's a miniseries uh, disguised as regular issues of the of the series. Uh, this really could just been Amazing Spider-Man Learning to Crawl issue five, which ostensibly it was, but the new people would buy it as much if it was like that. But if it was one point, you know, whatever, they'd be more likely to buy it. It's probably why you know, Original Sin ended up having the weird like you know, 5.1, 5.2, 5.3.4, 5.5 instead of just having Original Sin, Thor, Loki, number one. Like, it's just, it's a weird decision, but we're seeing that from Marvel more and more. Uh, next up is Amazing X-Men number 11. Uh, I continue to really dig this, written by quick uh, Oh, my God. Craig Kyle and Chris Yost are Work by Carlo Barberi. This is part four of five of World War Wendigo. Uh, Barberi's artwork, I think, it, uh, is able to tap into the McGinnis style that was uh, starting off the storyline. I really liked how the characters were written as they go up against the Wendigo. I liked how Alpha Flight was here. Uh, I liked how all the members of the X-Men were portrayed. Um, I liked the cliffhanger. Uh, I just thought this was just a really strong story. I mean, we've seen a lot of Tanner Act stories. It's not exactly something new and exciting, but uh, it has a certain freshness to it. And I think part of that's also in the artwork. It just it feels uh, better than it has in the past. Like it's not. It doesn't feel like just another you know version of this story that we've kind of seen before. I'm going to give it an eight and a half out of ten. Uh, next up is Aquaman and the Others, number Future Zen, number one. Uh in a lot of ways this kind of felt like our um the second part of the story that we got. And I guess that's really it is. Uh the second part of the story that happened in uh the aquaman uh Features end uh, issue. Uh so this is written by Dan Jurgens, artwork by Sean Chen, who man, I miss Sean Chen. Like the artwork here is gorgeous. Um it just reminds me how much I miss Sean Chen on a regular book. Uh it completes the story of uh the dead king and uh, the others and Aquaman going up against the Dead King. Uh, we have, oh God, I forget his name, but the, the grandson finally taking on all the pieces and becoming the outsider himself, or sorry, the other. Um, I mean, it, it, it feels like it's launching a new series, which it's not because it's a, it's a, it's a one off that's over, but it was a very strong issue. You got everything you needed to understand about where the characters are um strong character piece if you've been enjoying the others book in general this is a really good interesting book to read because it's about those core characters and where they are in the future and it's actually more uplifting than a lot of these uh features and tie-ins um so i'm gonna give it an eight i thought again i thought it was really solid the artwork by sean chen is great um in fact i might even no i think i'm gonna stick with an eight but it was really good uh then we have booster gold features Zen number one um this felt confusing. And in fact, now that I think about it, I don't even know if I actually finished it. Um, yeah, I'm looking at it, and I actually don't know if I did finish it. I think I went through it and read parts of it, and I think at times it was more confusing than it needed to be. Um, I like the ideas behind it. I like that it looks like it's going to be continuing in when Worlds End and Futures End ends. Uh, I don't even know what that means. Uh, it's confusing. We see a lot of glimpses at you know, potential futures and different realities. I like the concepts, just uh, at times it was confusing. Uh, Dan Juergens, however, on Booster Gold is never a problem. Actually, is he even the one who wrote it? Now that I realize I'm I'm speaking about it. Yeah, Dan Juergens wrote it. The artwork's by uh, Moritat, Will Conrad, Steve Lytle, Stephen Thompson, and Mark Irwin. Uh, Juergens himself and Norm Rapmund, and um, Ron Friend, Scott Hanna, and Brett Booth and Norm Rapmund. So based on the different... You know, kind of realities that they're in. We have different artists uh, taking control. The best parts of the issue were most definitely Dan Jurgens himself because he has just such a strong artistic style. Even now, uh, and it looks great, and it just reminded me of the Booster Gold book that I'm sad that you know was a, one of the things that we lost the New Fifty Two. Um, but I still d- did find it a little confusing at times. Uh, maybe once we know what was really going on, it'll be more interesting to re-read it again and read it back. For now, I'm going to give it a five and a half, and the different artists. For the ge- generally try to have the same kind of simple style or a similar style. I mean, but that wasn't always the case at times, and uh, so I'm going to give it a, a five and a half at the moment. Uh, next up is Flash Futures End Number One. Uh, this, well, it felt less like a Futures Zen tie-in and more just like a new issue of Flash because there's been so much time travel lately in that book. Um, so in the five years later, Barry uh, is on his way to go stop the Reverse Flash, and then in Central City. The feature version of Barry is taking on the first reverse Flash and ends up cracking, basically breaking his neck. It almost looks like ripping it off. But uh, It's written by Robert Venditti and Van Jensen. Artwork by Brett Booth, who's not my favorite. Uh, even the art on killing kid, uh, the reverse Flash was a little unclear at times. Uh, the blue Flash then ends up fighting the younger Flash. Um, to try to ruin the speed force. Uh, the five year later Flash dies. But not before, you know, of course, Wally West ends up with the Speed Force, and then he's gr- going to run back in time to stop Blue Flash before he can kill modern day Flash. A lot of time travel. Not always my favorite stories of the Flash, because sometimes they can be more confusing than they need to be, especially with suddenly, you know, Barry goes pretty crazy, even crazier than he already was. Uh, I'm going to give it a four. I mean, I didn't really like the art just because Brett Booth is not made. and I thought the story just, I don't know. It really didn't catch me capture my attention really at all. Um, next up is Guardians of the Galaxy issue number nineteen. Talk about something that didn't really grab my full attention. It's been written by Bendis, artwork by Ed McGuinness. Um, so we're trying to see more of what happened to Richard Rider, and we still don't really know. Um, we see the idea that no one can really die in the Cancerverse, which this doesn't even really necessarily make sense. Uh, they're fighting against uh, the you know these Dark Cancer Avengers. Um, at the very end, it looks like the Cancer Avengers get their hands on the Cosmic Cube. I just feel like the story is very protracted. It's taking a long time to get to the point, even though it looks amazing. So I'm going to give it a 6 out of 10, based, mainly based on the strength of the art. Because uh, the, the art is fantastic. Uh, next up is New Avengers 24, also part of the Time Runs Out storyline. I definitely didn't find this as enjoyable as the Avengers issue, although it was still interesting uh to kind of see what's going on at this point uh, it's written, written by hickman artwork by valerio Schiti. uh so most of the issue is namor coming to doom basically asking for assistance and help because of his cabal has kind of gone nuts and crazy in terms of their all the destruction that they're laying waste to all these different realities he's realizing that perhaps he made a mistake and doom is no man's second choice um and black panther to uh, vision and shuri Supposedly goes down as well uh, and and ends up dying. Uh, We do see that Molecule Man is also Doctor Doom's big plan. Uh, I really like what we see in this issue, but I just felt like it felt more like an extrapolation of where we were as opposed to what's going on. So much is different, which is what we got from Avengers, which was kind of what made it so exciting. Whereas not that much seems that different here. In this book, that's not a a slag, it's just it doesn't have the same level of excitement that the uh, last one was able to create in me. Um, So I'm still going to give it an 8 out of 10. It was still well written, still well illustrated, just didn't give me the same level of excitement, but still a very solid issue. Uh, Maybe it's just because Avengers 24 or whatever that issue was. The Avengers issue was so strong that this one just kind of pales in comparison. Uh, Next up is Red Lanterns Features End number 1. Uh, which is kind of a weird Red Lantern book, but it's basically Bleese and Guy Gardner trying to stop all the Red Lanterns and bring an end to all the Reds. At this point, Guy Gardner has a Blue Lantern, and believes in Hope, but he's basically got he's tried all the different colors, and Blue has been able to synthesize. Uh, They go up against Rancor, who is one of two Red Lanterns that are left. He's able to cure both her and, uh, sorry, Bleese and Rancor, and now they can be happy, and... uh, it's actually much more uplifting than most of these five years later stories, and I actually kind of dug it. I mean, is it's kind of weird that uh, the last two reds that we would have would be Blees and Rancor, and who knows where is here at this point. But it was interesting, and I gave it an eight out of ten because I did I did find it enjoyable. Uh, then we have Sinestro uh, Futures End number one. This was written by Colin Bun, artwork by Igor Lima. The artwork was a little inconsistent at times, but generally I did like it. You have this future kind of Justice Leagueish team that's um, captured all of the lanterns and destroyed them all. Um, uh, Sinestro ends up escaping from this prison with a kind of a pseudo uh, lantern ring for uh, fear. Uh, meets Listrak. Listrak dies. Uh, he ends up basically dying himself, but then ends up, um, you know, kind of rising with the black energy and, and bringing up a new uh, Sinestro core which is really the Black Lanterns. I just found at the very end like the last half didn't make a lot of sense and that kind of ruined it like I don't even I mean I did like the art mostly uh, I just I took issue with the story at the end uh, next up is Star Trek Harlan Ellison City on the Edge of Forever issue 4 uh, I just recently read the first well, four issues um, I really dug this I actually thought it was really good it's uh the original teleplays by harlan ellison it's adapted by scott tipton and david tipton with our work by jk woodward who does a gorgeous job on really capturing the feel of the original uh, television series um the idea that kirk is kind of having to deal with falling in love with this woman um what could happen to her also looking waiting for uh lieutenant keller um and at the end You know, we have a bit of an action sequence and a bit of a cliffhanger as color runs off. Um, I really dug this uh, a lot more than I originally expected. I'm going to give it an eight and a half. Uh, The artwork is fantastic. Um, And I thought the script was really strong. This was just a really good book and well worth the, um, you know, your time and effort to to read it. And um, yeah, I'm really glad that I finally got myself caught up because I'd thought about it before, but never really ended up carrying through. And it was just so worth the read. Uh, then we have Superman Doom, number two. Didn't really like this. Uh, it's for Greg Pak, Charles Sewell, uh, with artwork by Ken Lashley, Simon Kudrunsky, Corey Smith, Dave Bullock, Jack Herbert, Ian Churchill, Aaron Cooter, Vicente Cifuentes, and Norm Ratman, which is way too many different artists. Um, yeah, a lot of it's just like, we got Brainiac, we have um, uh, Marshall Mander and Lois trying to stop um, Brainiac, Supergirl's fighting as well against cyborg superman uh superman's kind of fighting inside the monster within he's dealing with all these possible alternate fe- um, realities if he just gives in to brainiac and then they kind of defeat brainiac at the very end we see brainiac who appears to be captured by a different brainiac uh and all these different alternate realities are shards that this brainiac then sees which is definitely interesting but i don't even know what this like how is this going to end up mattering i mean it's definitely a, a, a big question um as an issue, kind of subpar. I'm going to give it a 5.5 out of 10. Uh, I don't think it deserves much more than that. Um, and the artwork is you know, inconsistent. At times it was really strong, and then you had a different artist, and then it was not strong. Anyways, uh, next up and last up is Superman Futures End Number 1. This is basically a Shazam issue uh, disguised as a Superman issue. Uh, the artwork is by... Dan, sorry, Lee Weeks with artwork, sorry, it's written by Dan Jorgens, artwork by Lee Weeks. Uh, Really, it's Lois Lane tracking down Billy Batson, finding out what happened to Superman and what happened to Shazam to make him take on the Superman identity. Um, This new version of Superman going up against one of his Shazam villains and then making the decision it's time to be Shazam again and uh, to be himself. Um, I thought this was actually a really strong character study. Um, I did really dug it and I think it does have importance to the grander features and uh, kind of reality because now maybe we're not going to see him as Superman anymore. So I definitely enjoy this. Uh, issues I did not get a chance to read this week include the following. Adventures of Superman number 17, Batman 6615, Batman Beyond Universe number 14, Batman Eternal 25, Bodies number 3, Catwoman features End number 1, Cyclops number 5, Dead Boy Detectives number 9, Deadpool 35, Edge of Spider-Verse number 3, Harley Quinn features End number 1, He-Man and the Masters of the Universe number 17, Injustice Gods Among Us Year 2 number 12, Inhuman number 6, Justice League Dark, feature, Justice League Dark features n number 1, Loki, Agent of Asgard, number 6 Magneto, number 10 Mighty Avengers, 14 New 52, Future Zen, number 21 New Warriors, number 10 Saga, number 23 Savage, Wolverine, number 23 Um, Secret Avengers, number 8 Star Spangled War Stories featuring G.I. Zombie Future Zen, number 1 Storm, number 3 and Thunderbolts, 31 If we look forward to next week or basically tomorrow or today, depending on when you listen to this podcast when it goes up uh, on October the 1st um, some of the highlights that are going to be com- coming out include from DC: we have uh, Action Comics 35, which is part of Doomed. I think it's just the aftermath. We have the Batman 75th Anniversary Trade Paperback Collection coming out, which is uh, retailing for $50. Uh, the fourth Batman Trade Paperback, which is Zero Year Secret City, is coming out. a uh, New issue of Detective Comics, as we're back to regular issues and not the uh, Futures End issues anymore. Uh, Flash Season Zero comes out, and uh, as well as new issue of Grayson. The Godhead storyline begins in Green Lantern: New Gods, Godhead Number One, as well as Green Lantern Thirty Five, and then we also have a new issue of Justice League, in Issue Number Thirty Four. The Lobo series launches with Issue Number One. Uh, we have Tiny Titans: Return to the Trios Number Five, and uh, then you have um, the Wonder Woman trade paperback, Volume Four, as well as the fifth hardcover. Uh, if we look at uh, Image Comics, we have the Manhattan Project hardcover, Volume One, coming out, which uh, was I think gonna have the first ten issues. Uh, which is a pretty good deal. I think it's the 10 issues. I could be wrong. Uh, looking at it, I think I might be wrong, actually. And then for Marvel, coming up, we have uh, the old new X Men hardcover, Volume 1, the oversized hardcover. We have the first trade paperback of the old new Ghost Rider, the new launch of Bucky Barton's Winter Soldier. Captain America 25, which I think is maybe the last issue of that book before we get the relaunch. We have The Death of Wolverine number 3. Deathlock the Demolisher trade paperback collection is the complete collection of that. Edge of Spider Verse number 4 comes out, as well as uh, a new launch in Guardians 3000 number 1. We've got Men of Wrath by Jason Aaron number 1. The first trade paperback of uh, Magneto comes out by um, Colin Bunn, with the Moonlight Epic Collection coming out, as well as the Warren L. Strait paperback coming out, uh, which is volume one from the dead, or from dead. Uh, Silver Surfer, number six, so Spider-Man 2099 number four, as well as the big launch of the week, I guess, is uh, Thor, number one, as well as the Uncanny Avengers, Mar- March Do-axis, uh number 25 of the, that series. So that is this coming week on October the 1st. Stay tuned next week to episode 207, and I'll we'll talk about all those comics and more. And as for episode 206, later this week, that'll be coming out, and it will be another off the uh, sorry off it will be on the road uh, the second uh, volume of that or second time we've done that. Uh, it's about an hour and a bit. It's myself and Paul Scores and a newcomer to the show, Richard Bryson, uh, just in the middle of a road trip home from. Um, of a Detroit Tigers game, a tr- uh, weekend in Cleveland and Detroit, as we saw the, uh, the second last Cleveland Indians game of the season, as well as the last Detroit Tigers game of the season where they clinched their division. Uh, we went, uh, we were th- doing that. So on the way home, we finally had a chance to kind of do a little bit of a random podcast. Uh Richard Bryson is not a huge comic book fan, doesn't know a lot about comics or comic book movies, so I thought it'd be interesting to kind of get a, a layperson's perspective on some comic book movies. So we kind of run through some movies. Unfortunately, we had to kind of speed it up at the end because we arrived at our destination and I had to kind of pull the plug. So, uh hopefully uh you'll enjoy that. That'll be episode 206. And then I think 208, I might finish off the flashback to Infinite Crisis by actually talking about Infinite Crisis and its related tie-ins on its own. Anyways, thank you for listening to this episode. You can email me at comic shenanigans at gmail.com. You can like us on Facebook, rate and review us on iTunes, subscribe to us on iTunes as well, and post on our HC thread when I eventually get around to posting it. Uh, so thank you very much for listening to this episode. I am Adam Chapman, your host. This has been episode 205, and we will catch you next time. Bye-bye.